You have given ground to Satan in the area of immorality, bitterness, or temporal values, and that principality is now controlling you, and you're miserable. Hello, and welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan, and is led by Pastor Daniel White. Pastor White has been serving as the senior pastor since its founding in 1998. We hope the message today will be a help and encouragement as you seek to become more like Jesus Christ in your everyday life. This and many other messages by Pastor White can be downloaded for free. Just visit our website at www. FBCClarkLake.org or visit us on iTunes where our weekly podcasts can be downloaded for free. Now let us take our Bibles and join Pastor White as he continues to teach us God's truths today. Let's take our Bible, turn to the book of Romans. Between now and the time that we leave to go to the Philippines, I'm going to be pulling some selected messages. We'll get into a series of messages uh, when we return there at the end of March. We just trust the Lord will lead us, and we have three weeks before we leave. I'm going to share with you a teaching today that I was exposed to almost 30 years ago. It was a teaching that absolutely changed my life. It's a teaching that really set me free. It's a teaching for all these years that have helped me to walk in victory. And has given me tremendous insight in helping others come to freedom themselves. This is a teaching that, according to my wife, we ought to cover every year. But as I look back, it was hard for me to believe it's been almost three years since we've covered this subject of strongholds. I was actually just talking to a young man yesterday, and he was experiencing some real defeat in his Christian life and has for some time. And as he was sharing with me, he said to me, he said, I have so many strongholds in my life. I'm thankful that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of Satan's strongholds. So today, if we could, okay, we got the lights. Good job, Craig. You are on it. We're going to start out with a few selected uh, portions of Scripture, and then we will get to the passage of Scripture that speaks about these strongholds. Romans chapter 8, wonderful chapter, all about our victory in Christ. The answer is Christ. But look at verse 37 with me. Do you believe the Bible? Do you believe what God said? Do you? How many here have ever doubted the promises of God? Let me see your hand. Why do we doubt the promises of God? Because they do not seem to be our experience. And so we doubt these things, but what is it that gives us the power to overcome? It's our faith. Our faith in Christ and our faith in what he has said in his word. Look at verse 37. Nay, in all things. In how many things? 
Church, how many things? All. Nay, in all things, we are more. We're not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors through who? Him. Who is the him? Christ. If Christ lives within you, if you're truly born again and been saved by the power of the gospel, in all things, you are more than conquerors through him that loves you. Take your Bible now and turn with me to 2 Corinthians. We'll look at chapter 2, verse 14. In all things we are more than conquerors. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says this, Now thanks be to God, which, what? Always. What? Do you believe that? Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in who? In Christ. The victory is ours. Always. Take your Bible with me and turn to 1 John chapter 5. Let's look at verse 4 and verse 5. Love to hear those pages of the Bible wrestling. First John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God. Are you born of God? Are you born again, Christian? If you're born again, Christian, say amen. amen. For whosoever is born of God, here we go, what? Overcometh, they're an overcomer. Remember the letter to the seven churches. Each one of those churches are addressed as overcomers in Christ. Who is he that overcometh the world? Oh, excuse me, verse 4. But whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. How many of you believe that today, that Jesus is the Son of God? Then you're an overcomer. All right. Then why are we not experiencing this constant triumph and victory and overcoming power that is promised to us here in God's Word. All right, take your Bible. Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Come down there and join you. I will tell you, this is not a lengthy teaching. So this shouldn't take us any more than an hour and a half or two. <laughs> well, let's look at this portion of Scripture. The Apostle Paul says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not what? War. Do you understand that the Christian life is a warfare? We are in a battlefield. And this battle constantly goes on day after day, day after day, and will continue until the day when we're taken home to be with the Lord in glory. But the question is, are we overcoming in this battle? Are we experiencing the victory that is in Christ? Are we triumphing in this warfare that we have been called to? No doubt about it that the Christian life is a battlefield. 
For though we walk after the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Praise God, our victory is not through what we can do in and of ourselves. Not by our might, but by his power, saith the Lord. We do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now the word carnal means fleshly. But they are mighty through who? Through God. The answer is Christ. They are mighty through God to the pulling down. The complete ruin of Satan's strongholds in our lives. Now we're going to illustrate these strongholds by that castle that you see there uh, on the slide. The passage goes on. Casting down what? Imagination. Listen. This is where the battle is won or the battle is lost is in our mind. Understand this, that Satan is a liar and he is the father of lies. And when we believe his lies, he is going to establish those strongholds in our lives. And from those strongholds, he's going to control us. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing, remember the high places? Every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Well, we have the knowledge of God right here in his word. The sword of the spear, which is the word of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. But then he goes on, and we'll cover this a little bit later in our lesson. And having a readiness, having a readiness, casting down those false ideas, bringing ourselves into obedience to the word of God. And then he goes, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience. That's where, where you, when you've been disobedient, you correct that. Repentance is obviously involved in that, amen? Repent of your disobedience, you make corrections, clearing your conscience, going back to folks and saying, I was wrong, will you please forgive me? That's all involved in that. And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience, every bit of it. Don't, don't leave anything undone. Having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Your obedience will never be fulfilled until you revenge all of your disobedience. Can you stop right now before we go any further and see why some of us are not living that spirit-filled, victorious, overcoming, conquering life that was promised to us in Christ. I'm telling you, 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 you have to understand what this passage of Scripture is saying. Because this is where the battle is won or the battle is lost. And so we're going to take this passage of Scripture, and from this passage, we're going to now begin to look at this subject of strongholds, how Satan gets a stronghold in our lives, and how those strongholds are conquered, and how we can walk then in freedom. This is the passage of Scripture that we've been looking at in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through verse 6. Strongholds. Jesus said that Satan is a what? Liar. He is a liar and he is the father of lies. The Bible calls him the great deceiver. 
If we believe these false ideas that are brought to us, and they're brought to us in many ways, they're brought to us across the television, aren't they? Across uh, the internet. They're brought to us by uh, those who we rub shoulders with every day who are lost without Christ and have no concept of his word and the truth that is in the scriptures. So we are exposed to Satan's lies, his falsehoods, these wrong ideas every single day. We are bombarded with them. That's why we're to guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it are all the issues of life. That's why we need to cleanse our mind with the washing of the water by the word. I'm telling you, we are all susceptible. That's why I have preached over and over and over again. You need to be in the Bible every day. It's the key to victorious Christian living. You need to be in church every time the church doors are open. You need to know the truth because if you know the truth, then the truth will make you free. Free from what? Satan's control. You got to know the truth. So these strongholds are the false ideas that we believe. The Bible also goes on to say that we are not to give place to the devil. We're not to give him any place whatsoever in our lives. We'll talk more about what this place is, but we're going to illustrate this place they would give to him as the ground upon which do not give ground, do not give place to the devil. In a warfare, you have opposing armies, and what are they fighting for? They're fighting for ground. They're fighting for control of ground. And when they control that ground, then they fortify that ground. And that's exactly what's going on in our lives right now. Listen to me. There is a battle going on for your soul. God, through his Holy Spirit, wants to control it, and Satan wants to control it. And the Bible says, Whosoever you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey. Don't ever give ground to the devil in your life. Give me an amen. You say, why do we give Satan ground? I believe with all my heart, and you look at Scripture, only by pride cometh contention. Pride is the pride of life which runs deeply in every one of our hearts, is the ground that we surrender. I believe that every sin that we commit can be traced directly back to the pride of life. If we could get rid of the pride of life, we could totally live victorious over sin. But we're not totally going to get rid of the pride of life until we're glorified. So that battle with our pride and Satan appealing to our pride and deceiving us through our pride and tempting us through our pride is always going to be there. Now, this this is so important for you to understand. The ground upon which Satan erects his stronghold, this castle, is our pride. All of us are prideful. There's, There's not a person here. If I were to ask you, Do you struggle with pride and you did not raise your hand? I guarantee you're probably the most prideful person in the room. One guy said he wore a shirt, said, I'm the most humble person I ever knew. Pride of life. From this ground, do not give place to the devil. Through the pride of life, do not give him place. If you give him place... 
upon that place, upon that ground, he is going to build this stronghold. And from that stronghold, he is going to do his best to conquer every single area of your soul. Let's look at our hearts. And let's look at what the Bible says are three ways, three ways that we can surrender ground to Satan in, and upon this he will build that stronghold. First of all, the Bible talks about immorality. We'll give you the verses here in just a moment. Immorality. Who was the purest man who ever lived? David, man after God's own heart. Did David fall because of immorality? All right, who was the wisest man that ever lived? Solomon. Did Solomon fall because of immorality? All right, who was the strongest man that ever lived? Did Samson fall from immorality? Immorality is so pervasive today because we have become so immoral as a nation because so many of our, especially our young men, are struggling with pornography and immorality. It's just so pervasive, just so out there. It's just so available. I mean, it's available on your phones now. Because Satan has established such a stronghold of immorality, that's why we're where we're at today in this whole area of sodomy. And why sodomy has now just become accepted, and it's now even becoming accepted in our churches, isn't it? Because Satan, Satan has a powerful stronghold in our country in this area of immorality. I don't know what the Super Bowl commercials are going to be, but I did hear, I did hear this, that the commercials this year are the most immoral commercials that have ever been played on television. I can't imagine what these commercials are going to be like tonight. Let me tell you, we are the salt and light. Judgment must first begin at the house of God. Could it be that the reason we're losing this battle of immorality and that sodomy is now spreading like a wildfire through our country is simply because these strongholds are in the hearts of God's people? Immorality. Another stronghold the Bible talks about is temporal values or greed or covetousness. The Bible identifies all these as roots, roots. The Bible says the love of money is the what? Root of all evil. Now, unless you get the root out, then the fruit's going to continue to come back. If you had a, a yard full of dandelions and you said, I don't like dandelions. You know why I don't mind dandelions? Because you can't beat them. I just let them grow. But some folks, you know, they, they love their yards. They say, we don't, we got to get rid of all these dandelions. Now, you ask me if they'll be successful if they go out on a Saturday morning and, and get themselves a good cold glass of lemonade and, and start picking off all the heads of the dandelions and come back for some refreshment and go out. And by the end of the day, they have all the heads of all the dandelions and their yard is completely green and there's not one dandelion in their yard. Do they feel pretty good about that? We've beat the dandelions until Sunday morning when they get up to go to church. 
Then what do they see in their yard? All right, what's the problem? They never got the root out. What's the problem in Christians' lives who continually live defeated lives? They've never gotten the root out. Because if you get the root out, then the fruit is not going to come back. So there's the root of immorality, there's the root of temporal values, there's also the root of bitterness. Beware lest a root of bitterness spring up in you and trouble you and thereby defile many others. Bitterness. Bitterness is something that all of us struggle with. As I deal with people and trying to help them come to victory, they, they come to me for counseling, I always deal with these things. Are you struggling with immorality? Usually, yes, I am. Are you struggling with temporal values? Mm-hmm. Are you struggling with bitterness? Usually on this one, people always say, well, no, not really. I can't really think of someone I'm bitter toward. And then I ask them a question, well, have you been deeply hurt? Mm-hmm. Have you been wounded? Mm-hmm. Have you been offended? Mm-hmm. Can you remember those times when you've been hurt, wounded, and offended? Oh, yeah. What is that telling me? They're bitter. I find that bitterness is the sin that, that is very difficult for people to admit to. I am bitter. They more easily admit to immorality, which is kind of surprising to me as a counselor. They more easily submit to temporal values, but they find it difficult to say, no, I am bitter. So the root of bitterness will spring up in you and trouble you and thereby defile many others. So here we go. The three main strongholds that all other sins stem from are these three right here. And these three all stem from what? Pride. Doesn't that make counseling a whole lot easier when you're not dealing with all the fruit issues out here, but you're really getting down to what the root is? Now, I will say this. You can't make people pull the root out. They have to be willing to let the Lord do that and go through that process. But at least you can get it down to where they can see what they are dealing with in their life. So we got, let's go back over this. We got the stronghold, which are the false ideas that we're believing. We have the ground, which is the pride of life that we have surrendered. And we have, same with me, you ready? Same with me. Immorality, bitterness, temporal values. Let's do it again, say it with me. Immorality, bitterness, and temporal values. Okay, very important that you remember these three. From these three, Satan will seek to control every single area of your soul. That's why the Bible over and over again talks about us as being engaged in warfare. Resist the devil and he will what? But if you don't know how to resist him, if you don't know how to get the root out, then you're, then, then you're, you're not going to know how to come to freedom. And you're going to continually live a defeated Christian life. Is that the way that God wants us to live? No. We're overcomers. We're conquerors. Always causes us to triumph in Christ. So we want to win this battle. That's why the Bible said, do not give place to the devil. What are we talking about? A place is a jurisdictional area. It's an area over which Satan literally has jurisdiction because you've yielded that to him. You've surrendered that to him in this battle. Ground is a jurisdictional area that's in our soul. We're going to talk about our soul here in just a moment. Do you know what your soul is? It's a jurisdictional area in your soul. 
warfare is the opposing sides fight for jurisdictional area or ground. Whoever gains ground gains what? Control, Control of what? The soul. So let me ask you a question right now. Who's got the ground in your life? If God has it, then you're spirit-filled. You're spirit-controlled. If Satan has it, then you're literally satanically controlled. The command, do not surrender ground. Don't do it. If you have surrendered it, then we're going to tell you how to get it back. Isn't that wonderful? You can get it back if you find that you have surrendered it. This is where we were on Wednesday night. We started a new series on Wednesday night. I wish I could get all of you back here on Wednesday night. This is a great series we're going through. It's a series about the church. But on Wednesday night, we had an introductory message. And here we saw that Christ promised that he's going to build his church, right? And as he builds his church, he said, the gates of hell shall not what? Prevail. Goes right back to being conquerors and overcomers and always triumphing in Christ. Shall not overcome. Now, I want you to think about this. We are soldiers, right? Clad in the armor of God advancing the Christian faith and his kingdom. Gates are used as defensive weapons. So what that tells me is that the church is supposed to be on the what? Offense or defense? We're supposed to be on the offense. What posture have we taken today as a church? We've taken the defensive posture, and so, you know, it appears like we're losing. We have to once again get engaged and be on the offense using the great weapons, the mighty weapons which God has given us, which is part of the soldier's armor there. We sing that song, Onward Christian Soldiers. We went through this song on Wednesday night. Onward Christian Soldiers marching as to what? War. We are marching as to war. We are in a conflict. We are in a battle. We must be good soldiers of Jesus Christ not entangled in the affairs of this life. So we have this warfare that's going on. We have this fighting that we are engaged in as Christians. We have this wrestling. Listen, don't, don't give up. Don't quit. How many of you right now know Christians who have just quit in their faith? They just, I mean, they've thrown in the towel. Why did they do that? Because they got tired of living defeated Christian lives. I can't come to victory, so I quit. And Satan goes, <laughs> I won. Warfare, fight, wrestle, strive. Be a good soldier, enduring hardness. The next one is contend. Earnestly contend for the faith. Do you see yourself? Listen. Listen. Do you see yourself as a soldier advancing the Christian faith in the kingdom of God? I believe we don't see ourselves in this way. I believe that most of us don't even think when we get up in the morning, know what I need to put on the armor. We know about the armor, but, you know, remember the weapons of our warfare are what? What soldier would go out to battle without his armor on? He would never do it, would he? But how many times do we go out into battle, we step out into the day, and we never even thought about putting on the armor of God, of using the mighty weapons. So what? Satan knocks us down. He knocks us down. He establishes those strongholds. Let's talk about these strongholds. Once you understand... 
Some of your eyes are glazed over. Come on, come back with me. Once you understand these three strongholds, you, you see them everywhere in the scriptures. For example, in Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about uh, they have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, which is expression of immorality. It goes on to say, to work all uncleanliness with what? Greediness. Let him that stole steal no more. Now we got temporal values. You go a little bit further in the passage, it says, let all bitterness be put away from you. So here we have them again. Same with me. We have what? Immorality. We have temporal values and we have bitterness. I'm telling you, they're everywhere. The first time I heard this teaching, it was just like, wow. And as I begin to study the Bible, I said, wow, I can see it here now. I can see it here. I can see it over here. And it's so clear once you see it for the first time. Now that you see it, some of you who have never been exposed to this teaching, now that you see it, you'll see it everywhere as you read your Bible. You'll see how these three strongholds defeated individuals in the Bible over and over again. Demas have forsaken me having loved this present world. Surrendered ground. Do not give place to the devil in immorality, temper values, and bitterness. If you do that, I'm telling you, there'll be so many evil fruits that will come from your life. Parents, it's so important that you listen to your preacher right now because your young people are going to struggle with these things and you need to know how to counsel them and you need to know how to help them come to victory. There are three enemies uh, that we face. The Bible says, and you have he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you was according to the what? Course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we had our conversation or our lifestyle in times past before we were saved in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. The battle is won or lost in the mind. And we're by nature. Now our nature has been changed. We're no longer the old man we used to be. We're a new person in Christ. But we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So let's talk about these three enemies. Our first enemy is the what? This world in which we live, hello, it's our enemy. This whole world system. Why? Because there's the God of this world. There's the prince and the power of the air. So we have this world. You know, you look up here at this collage of pictures. Isn't that just the world? And this is the world that our young people are thrust into day after day. The world. The world is our enemy. That's why we have to have on the mighty weapons. Because we have to live in this world. Jesus said, I pray not that thou wouldest take them out of the world, but that thou wouldest keep them from the evil while they're in this world. And that's really up to us. Then we talk about the flesh. And I'll put this picture up here for you because I think it perfectly describes the flesh and how Satan is, is trying to pour into our minds all this rot and this filth. The things that we see, the music that we listen to, I mean, there's, he is trying to contaminate our minds. And then our flesh operates upon that. 
cast down imaginations. And then there's who? There's the devil himself that we are up against. We need to fight him. We need to fight the devil. We need to fight all three of these enemies, not with our flesh. Are you with me? Weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I put this slide up here for you to say, listen, the enemy's out for us. If I could, I'd put a picture of every one of you up there in the crosshairs. But let me put a picture of our church. Is Satan zeroed in on you and me? He wants nothing better than to take this church out of existence. How many of you believe that? Because we are the pillar and the ground of the truth, as we learned on Wednesday night. I mean, his all-out attack is upon the church. So how does he do that? He does that individually. Because the church obviously isn't that building there in the crosshairs. The church is you and me. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Now watch this verse. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, say it with me, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. The world passed away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The lust of the flesh, what is that? <laughs> there we have it again, right? The lust of the flesh is immorality. So much of that today. The lust of the eyes. Temporal values. Doesn't Satan flash that before us all the time? What about the pride of life? What is that? Bitterness. I don't deserve to be treated that way. I didn't do anything. Not my fault. Bitterness. Like I said, once you understand them, you see them absolutely everywhere in the scriptures. Now I'm going to put a checkerboard up here. The stronghold is the false ideas that we believe that Satan has gotten into our minds by all of his different methods. The ground is what? The pride of life. And it conquers three areas. Say it with me. Immorality, temporal values, and bitterness. Over this stronghold, Satan places a principality. Remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Now, here's exactly what the word means. Principality means a prince over palities with power. Principalities. How many of you have ever heard about a municipality? Okay, what is a municipality? A municipality is a jurisdictional area over which someone has authority. Okay, principality. Do not give ground to who? All right, if you give ground to the devil, he will literally place a principality, a prince over a palatee with power. He'll place a principality over you and will control you. Now, that sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? Do not give place to the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against... Say it with me, come on, church, against principalities. 
This principality wants to control your life. Listen, there are some of you right here, right now today, that have an evil spirit, a principality that has control over you. That's why the Holy Spirit doesn't have control. You have given ground to Satan in the area of immorality, bitterness, or temporal values, and that principality is now controlling you, and you're miserable. You're miserable in the world. You're miserable in the church. You're just a, a miserable person. You've, you've lost your joy, and you're just kind of existing. And you find a little bit of pleasure in sin for a season, but then that season quickly goes. And you're just defeated. When people come to you and they're struggling, or maybe even see yourself here, they're struggling with immorality, they're struggling with temporal values, or they're struggling with bitterness, but Satan doesn't want them to see that this is what they're dealing with. Look at the checkerboard. Watch this. Strife. I have so much strife in my family. All right? What can strife be traced back to? Bitterness. I've been so hurt. What can that be traced back to? Back to bitterness. So if you don't get the root of bitterness out, fear. What can fear be traced back to? Temporal values. Let's do another one. How about judging? Bitterness. How about lying? Come on. Temporal values. Yes, you got it. All right. Anger. Bitterness. Anger can also be traced to immorality. Proverbs talks about how an angry man is an immoral man also. Can be traced to temporal values. We could trace that one back to all three, really. frozen here? Jealousy. What can we trace jealousy back to? Temporal values. Good. How about discontent? Temporal values. How about rebellion? Bitterness. How about stealing? Temporal values. Good. How about depression? Could be bitterness. Could be temporal values. How about immoral dress? <laughs> Immorality, that's pretty obvious, right? How about lust? How about money? How about friends? Immorality? Temporal values? How about drugs? Temporal values? These are the things the Bible calls tormentors. Tormentors. Now, if we just try to deal with the strife or deal with the dress or deal with the music, let's just, just take the music one for a minute. You've got to get rid of that music. That music's bad. So these young people say, okay, I know my music's bad. I want to live in victory. I want to get rid of my music. So they burn all their music. They come to pastor's backyard and we start a bonfire and they throw all their CDs in and the fire chief comes because all this smoke is rolling up in the air. And they get rid of all their music. But what happens a week later? They're downloading their music again. Why? But what were we dealing with? We were dealing with music. That's not, 
that's not the root. The root could be immorality, maybe even bitterness. So you, this is what I'm saying to you. You've got to get to the root. If you can get to the root and get the root out, then there's freedom. These things don't come back. They're delivered unto the tormentors. Listen, I don't want to be tormented by any of these things. I want to walk in the victory that is in Christ and have the joy of the Lord be my strength. What are Satan's two greatest weapons? Come on, church. What is his two greatest weapons he uses against us? Deception, right? Lies. Next one. If we believe his lies, we're going to be susceptible to what? You're all afraid to say it. To his? Let's say it. All right. What are Satan's two greatest weapons? Deception and the great deceiver, the great tempter. There is two greatest weapons. Does he use them successfully against us? So if we're going to resist the devil, we need to know that we need to know how he operates, that we would not be ignorant of his devices. When we believe Satan's lies and we yield to his temptations, we give him ground. We give him ground. We give him that place in our soul upon which he now builds this castle, this stronghold. From these strongholds, he seeks to conquer every single area of our soul, the checkerboard. Check them right off. Let's talk about our soul. We're trichotomists. If you were to come to Wednesday night where we talked about the doctrine of man, we saw that man is a trichotomist. He is made up of body, soul, and spirit. Our soul involves three things. It involves our what? Our mind. Does Satan want to control our mind? Absolutely. Our mind, our what? Does he want to control our will, the things that we do? Determined to do. Our what? Does he want to control our emotions? All right. So do you see how this battle for our mind affects our soul to where he is now controlling every single aspect? The things that we think, what we will ourselves to do, and our emotions. Let me share with you some steps to regain the ground. Once you realize you've given Satan ground... I was talking to someone just recently and they were telling me how they've just gotten so far away from the Lord and so I began to ask them, I said are you involved in pornography? Yes. Started to deal with them about temporal values and started to point out to them what temporal values were and they said yes. I said what about bitterness? And they said well I don't think I'm bitter. Then I began to ask them the questions and then they said what? Well, yeah, I'm, I am bitter. So what are the steps that we need to take in our lives? How many of you want to help others? <laughs> and you can use this to help others. Number one is that, you know what? Confession is a powerful thing. Whosoever confesseth and forsaketh his sin will have God's mercy. So first of all is confess each sin of surrendered ground that God brings back to your mind. And so, listen. Do you have to come to the preacher like he's in some confessional booth and confess all your sin to him? No. But I will say this. When I'm dealing with people and they have come for counseling and they've come for help and they want to walk in victory, I do say this to them. You need to be very honest with me.
I don't need to know all the details, but you need to be very honest with me. Because the Bible says that we're to confess our faults, what? One to another. What, what is that when we confess our faults one to another? What is that? It's humility. Satan can only build that castle if we have the ground of the pride of life. So it's very humbling to say to someone, you know what, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm bitter. Yeah, I am into pornography. I have been immoral. I do live for the things of this world. <sighs> kind of like an accountability partner, you know what I'm saying there? But confess each sin of surrender. Eat sin. You're, you're, you're taking back the ground. Next is claim the blood of Christ for cleansing and victory over those sins. Amen? Christ is the answer. Lord, thank you for the forgiveness that you've given me through your shed blood. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then ask God to take back the surrendered ground that you have given to Satan. I've told you this story before, but it's, it's been years. But it really perfectly illustrates this. Years ago, years ago now, or 20 years ago, I went to Bolivia to be with one of our missionaries, Bud Rader. And before we came to Bolivia, Bud said, I want you guys to be spiritually prepared because we've been having a lot of satanic activity in our um, village, and we've actually been having Satan's, Satan activity in our home. I'm like, oh, good, you know. Because I just want you guys to be prepared. Just before we got there, uh, it was a day or two before we got there, uh, Bud shared the story with us that he was actually, they lived in a, a home right there in town, was attached to a bunch of other homes. And, 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 and he said there was, from their kitchen, came the satanic voice of a demon that was just laughing at him. <laughs> Out loud, verbally laughing at him. Like mocking him from the kitchen. Now, most Christians would have gone right out the front door, right? How many of you would have gone out the front door if you heard this? Something like that. Now, remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is what? In the world. So Bud said he just went toward that voice, claiming the blood of Christ, his victory over Satan giving his testimony. He said, and that voice went out of the kitchen into the back courtyard. <laughs> Just a satanic laugh. And he went right at him, quoting scripture and naming the blood of Christ, walking right after. And that voice went out of the courtyard and he went out of the courtyard just chasing that voice. He said, the last he heard it went over the hill. And we were like, well, I hope it doesn't come back while we're here. I'm here to tell you there is victory in Christ. I'll never forget being called to a home where a little girl was demon-possessed. And I won't go into the story because the story is a long story. But she was demon-possessed, and there were two policemen laying on her, one laying across her chest, the other laying across her leg. And when I walked in to that home, she threw, this little 13-year-old girl just threw those two policemen off of her, ran to the wall and started banging, banging her head into the wall. And they grabbed this little girl and they put her down. 
And I went over there and laid my hands on the head of this little girl and pleaded the blood of Christ and commanded that demon in Jesus' name to leave this little girl. And boom, she came back to her senses. She came back to herself. Now I want to tell you something. I don't look for a demon under every rock. But I'm here to tell you, I have personally experienced the power. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. There's power in Christ. You do not need to be afraid of Satan. He's a toothless lion. Tear down the strongholds that Satan has established with the truth of Scripture. If Satan says to you, God has left you, God has forsaken you, is that true? No, what's the truth? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Nothing good will ever come from this. All things work together for good to them that love God. We can take the truth and we can literally hammer that truth, that make God's truth your stronghold, not Satan's lies. Transform your mind with the truth of the word of God. Meditate in it day and night. Fully forgive those who have trespassed against you. Fully forgive them. God will help you do that. Next is revenge all your disobedience. You know why we give an altar call every Sunday? That's, that's part of it, isn't it? We're coming up, we're revenging those things. We're going to make these things right that have been so wrong in our lives. Clearing your conscience. Going to someone and saying, and I've taught this to my kids over and over and over again, and they still they don't get it. But going and saying, just don't say I was, or just don't say, um, I'm sorry. Go say, I am sorry, I was wrong. Can you all say I was wrong? When you say I was wrong, what is that? Humility. When we humble ourselves, God gives grace. We remove that ground of the pride of life and the castle comes tumbling down. Clear your conscience, make restitution. Remember Zacchaeus, if I take in anything by false accusation, I restore to what? Fourfold. Make restitution. Ask forgiveness. Forgive me of this. I was wrong. Let's go back to the stronghold. What we're going to do here is we're going to change this stronghold from Satan's stronghold of lies and deceptions to God's stronghold of truth. Jesus said, John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. The surrendered ground is no longer going to be the pride of life. Our surrendered ground is going to be what? Humility, humble yourself. When we humble ourselves, God gives us grace to conquer whatever. Are, do you all see this? He gives us grace to conquer whatever stronghold is there. He infuses us with his power. So instead of what? Immorality, we have holiness. Instead of temporal values, we have 
sacrificial giving. I want to tell you something. You, you struggle with uh, temporal values, start tithing. You know, that's one of the reasons that God commanded us to tithe is so we wouldn't struggle with temporal values. Instead of bitterness, we have forgiveness. Instead of Satan's stronghold, now whose stronghold do we have? All God's people said, isn't that what you want in your life? I'll tell you, that's what I want in my life. I want to get this old demon out, and I want to put the Lord Jesus Christ where he needs to be. Do you desire that? Let's say this last verse together. To whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. Thank you for listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you've missed any messages or would like to hear this one again, just visit our website at www.fbcclarklake.org or visit us on iTunes where you can subscribe for free to our weekly podcast. If this or any other message has been an encouragement to you, we would love to hear about it. Just send us a note on our website. If you do not currently have a church you are attending, we would love to have you come visit us here at Fellowship Baptist. We are located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan, 49234. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, and we look forward to seeing you here again next time. Have a great day, and God bless.